It's the sign. Hi, it's the sign. It's a podcast by the Sign Media Space Cybersecurity Insider. We share news and announcements from recognized and trusted uh, space and cybersecurity experts. I'm Tatiana Skaidan, co-founder and creative producer of Design Media. Hello, and I'm Olga Nasibulina, a co-founder and editor-in-chief at Design Media. Today, we speak to Dr. Roy Ballesta, an expert in space cybersecurity, cyber law, aeronautical ethics, and internet governance. Dr. Roy Ballesta, it's a pleasure and honor for us to connect with you. Could you please, just for the start, name your main interests this year? So researchers, your focus at the moment. Yes, uh, thank you, Senor, to be here. Uh, my main focus at the moment is uh, space security, the development of the technology in space, the new endeavors, and how that affects the security of uh, space objects. Uh, I have been also been looking at the use of cyber for military activities and how that influences the development of the space industry. Recently, in in August, but also in 2022, we've read a lot of news about hack of the satellites, but also hack of telescope. So, in your opinion, uh, why did hackers decide to hack the telescope? So, first, let's think about the space industry. It has been around for a long time, even before uh, the internet became co commercialized. Because of that, we have space systems. Nobody expected they would be hacked, or that they would, they would become a target. So, they are not fully uh, protected. This is something that the satellite industry is considering at the moment, but there is no at the moment, no standards for the introduction of cybersecurity measures for space industry objects. So that's one aspect of it. The other one is that hackers are looking for targets of opportunity. Uh, and so telescopes, to talk about that one for as an example, the use of telescopes right now is highly used by the academic industry. Academia uh, has a lot of professors and exchanging around the world a lot of data, uh, personal data and also scientific data, has a lot of value. And also many academic institutions are not fully protected. For that reason, hackers go, go after them uh, to steal the data or they encrypt the data and then they request answer, payment in return of uh, decrypting the data that they themselves uh, encrypted. As you can see, those telescopes are still down. That shows how serious it is. What are the namely risks for civilians of those uh, hackers' attacks on telescopes and satellites as a whole? We have two, two degrees of risks for civilians. So from the economic standpoint, uh, when hackers attack, uh, this is something that we can see in the Viasat hack, a, a lot of uh, internet users were affected because while the hackers, it seemed that they were trying to disable the satellite for military reasons, uh, they end up affecting a lot of uh, consumers, uh, energy consumers uh, from the wind turbines that were uh, hacked in Germany to also uh, internet users at the modern level. Usually when we think about this type of hacks, we don't expect to this type of consequences to end up at the consumer users in their own homes. Not only did they lose the access, they also lost their equipment. I mean, it was just completely destroyed because this type of malware erases 
the software that manages the hardware. So it's, it's, a, it's a real mess. Also, in our present situation, we have a conflict around the world. And as you can imagine, Ukraine is a, the, the prime example. Once you bring into into a, con a conflict zone, cyberspace, then uh, the danger to the civilian is uh, because now we're talking about interfering, for example, with the electrical grid and other uh, industrial systems that can cause even greater harm to civilians. Legally, this is not supposed to happen. Clear rules in humanitarian law about what a government cannot do or do in types of conflict. And civilians is one of the things that should not be touched, but unfortunately, it does happen. So in essence, uh, the bottom line is that civilians need to be aware of their own security at home. You don't know if you're going to be your target at any time. In U.S., uh, space sector is recognized as a critical infrastructure. So can you explain a bit more uh, what exactly does it mean for global space sector? The industry recognizes that everything that happens in communications and all other uh, sectors in some way or another is connected to space. So from that sense, it is recognized as a critical infrastructure. Uh, from the legal standpoint, it, it is not recognized. So the infrastructure that we have, uh, via nuclear, water, uh, transportation, etc., is recognized by a law that passed in 2016. Space was not included. There is a new law pending from June 2023 that is going to bring space into the fold. The sooner the better, because right now space is a major target. Space tech has still frontiers like national interests, the US, uh, European continent, or this is the industry domain which doesn't have already borders. And so we're all really connected. And that's why we need to, to join the efforts and etc. So what's your opinion? The space technology, we, we think of it uh, as being in, in space. Well, we think about all the astronauts that are going into space. That's also uh, very exciting, uh, very scientific. Uh, a lot of governments put a lot of effort into that. Uh, all of these uh, activities are for the benefit of humanity, not just for the benefit of a particular nation. We see that with the Artemis Accords, you know, the return to the moon uh, and all the, if I remember correctly, right now, there are 25 partners, the EU, Ukraine, the US, uh, Argentina, there are many others. We have uh, a lot of uh, space objects that were launched many years ago when hacks and issues of cybersecurity were not a concern. There were analog systems not connected to the internet. As all of these systems are being connected to the internet, now they are vulnerable. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is that we don't know what the space industry is doing. They don't share, in many cases, that data, which is very useful when you're trying to create new standards and protect and learn. For example, the banking industry shares this information. Every time a bank is hacked, we find out about it, how it happened, and then we train information professionals in that, in that manner, learning from lessons learned. We don't have that from the space industry. I mean, the the Viasat hack was uh, one of those unique cases where we have an opportunity to learn from it and being able to prepare for the future. The, there is a great need for governments and the private sector to adopt new standards, which at the moment don't exist. You explain uh, about uh, U.S. Uh, regulations, uh, but uh, what about Europe? Which steps uh, Europe is taking in order to make space more protected? Europe uh, seems to have the same problem 
as the United States. The Council Directive of 2008 that Europe uh, utilized to recognize critical infrastructure sectors include uh, transportation, the ocean, shipping, ports, things of that nature, similar to the U.S., but nothing about space. Recently, a new directive came up about the recognition of cyber and space from the point of view of the legal field, but nothing as a recognition of critical infrastructure, rather to recognize that there is a, a legal need to address that. We have that gap. From the point of view of security, Europe benefits from the alliance with NATO. And so NATO and the EU created a task force and they came out with a new report. Recently, a report is from June 2023. They address the issue of the space industry and the need to protect it and to come up with standards to, to make it secure particularly many, many thanks for helping Ukraine from the space. So this is our thank you for all the experts from the industry. And speaking about stakeholders in space tech, what should they do? What steps should they take just to guarantee more protected future for all of us? The stakeholders need to adopt similar standards to the one that already exists in the other sectors. And I have found standards used to protect the electrical grid are uh, very useful. The situation is this, when it comes with uh, any industry, there is always a need to provide services. The provision of services makes the endeavor profitable. The idea is to keep the services moving. In other words, making these services available to the consumer. In cybersecurity, that's called availability. Very important from the point of view of the industry, you could say the least important from the point of view of security. You have to bring into the fold the other two elements, confidentiality and authentication. You need to be sure that the service you're providing is correct, is working fine, is secure, and that is coming from a reliable source. For example, if you look at uh, the electrical grid, if I'm working on it from the control center, I want to make sure that my password is secure. I want to make sure that if somebody wants to access my system, different methods to authenticate this individual. This is how the grid was hacked in, in Ukraine the first time, by social engineering attacks, malware, and things of that nature. But it's happening all over the world. It's the, the reason Ukraine comes to the, to the front many times is because of the conflict that is going on right now, which makes the situation even worse. It reminds us that it affects the civilians as well. The space industry needs to learn from all those lessons and be aware that this could happen also in space. Hackers are already hacked space sector systems. Adopting confidentiality, authentication, and availability together, and these are the elements for standards of security. Who has access to what, what uh, technology you use, and where you purchase that technology also equally relevant. In general terms, the goals delineate what standards are for. I wanted to ask uh, as well about space terrorism. Is it a nationwide topic or individual wish to shine in hackerspace? Space terrorism is considered a lot from the point of view of anti-satellite weapons. It has been testing done in space for the destruction of so far, it has been done uh, as a demonstration. In other words, uh, China and Russia were the last two to launch missiles into other cities that destroy their own satellites to, 
to show that they could do it. Unfortunately, in the process, they released thousands of pieces of debris that uh, could put in danger future space missions, other satellites, and international space station. So every time we launch, we need to accommodate for, unfortunately, that garbage that now is surrounding in orbit. At least it will be in that position for the next 100 years. So every time we do this, it's a serious mess. Not to mention that every time something to the planet, it's also remind us of other potential hazards. When we bring cyber into the picture, it creates a, a, even a bigger problem because now cyber could be used as a weapon, turn satellites against the nation that launched it. Just to give you an example, the UK government has said that a cyber attack in the nuclear sector will be considered as if they had launched a nuclear weapon against them. So we had to treat the satellite industry and anything that is, involves space objects in the same manner. If we had a cruise ship traveling and suddenly a nation kills everybody on, on board the, the ship, that would be a, a serious catastrophe and a violation of any international law. Well, the same thing should apply to the International Space Station and stations in the moon, etc., etc. We're dealing also uh, at the moment with something that some experts have been looking at. It's called uh, cyber privateering. It's something that have been reviewing as well. You could say that a, a hacker that goes after a financial institution is a pirate. All group of individuals are going doing this for financial gain. But if these activities are done with the permission of a nation, so it's a nation-sponsored hacker. Now this is a privateer that is going for financial gain to cause damage on behalf of the nation that protects them. That is also a gray area in cybersecurity and that is open for this concept of space terrorism. And we will have to keep an eye on that. I am a firm believer that nations have to keep a, an open mind with offensive cyber operations to be prepared to defend the nation if this were to happen. In your opinion, so are we standing at the moment at the age of the creation of a new social agreement to be protected? We need to be more transparent. We need to share more data about ourselves just to be protected by state institutions, by all these cybersecurity institutions. What's the balance we need to build on? I'm a firm believer in the philosophical concept of the social contract. We give up some of our uh, freedoms and we expect the government in return to offer services and protection and things of this nature. We cannot operate 100% if we believe that this uh, access is going to be misused. And so we have uh, two concepts to think about. What our own nation does with the data that they have access to, and the other one would be what other nations do to take advantage of it. If you think about the internet uh, being very open, it was never designed to create walls. And now we find ourselves having to uh, create not walls, but perimeters of protection. You know, we have nations that like electoral property, for example, go after data for whatever reason. And that also creates problems. If a nation is creating working in a new technology, and now we have a competitor that wants to do something else or look for vulnerabilities in the system. That's also problematic. We found ourselves entering an area of history where technology is moving faster than we can keep up with it. That gray area is forcing us to consider the ethics of military conflicts, the ethics of tough information, and the ethics of other industries, of what they do with private data of the users. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you very much for your answers. To just confirm our missions, the mission for the sign media, why we started to make this podcast.
these articles actually because we all understand that nations it's not something theoretical nations it's these are real people cybersecurity already important tool and that's why we we consider that communication is a key to to exchange opinions to collaborate and are you happy with collaboration and communication existing today between cybersecurity experts so or do you lack something collaboration is a key share what we know and make the industry better. A great importance that we develop the standards for the, the space industry, not just for a particular nation, but for the uh, around the world. It's the sign.